Welcome to another episode of the Finance and Property Survival Guide. My name's Damien. I'm a 24-year-old from Newcastle, Australia. When I finished high school, I felt like my education left out the most important things that I needed most going forward. Stuff like getting a mortgage, budgeting for big purchases, and investing were never talked about or explained in any great detail. I want the Survival Guide to serve as the middleman for anyone looking to learn about finance and property. Each week, I'll endeavor to speak to and learn from some of those in the industry to help break down the details of the finance and property sector. This is our uh, another edition of our weekly chat with David from Money Saver Home Loans. Uh, we, spo- we spoke about some consumer credit protection amendments, the latest news regarding some, some of the Sydney markets and how the markets in Sydney housing and units have fared during COVID. Uh, we also talk about the governor of the RBA speaking to the government and much, much more. So without further ado, enjoy the episode. First thing I wanted to ask you about was the credit amendment protection amendment. So mm-hmm. um, one of the bits of news that I don't really understand, but you should probably be able to shed some light on. So um, the passing of the National Consumer Credit Protection Amendment, Bill 2019. So for the first time, Australians will have their private financial hardship information included on their credit reports. Yep. And this is the first time in history, right? Mm-hmm. So originally from this, from what this says, credit reports were only required to include credit inquiries, defaults, and serious infringements. But now there will be more reporting done to include more things. Can you sort of explain? Yeah, yeah. so we've talked before about how important your credit report, your credit history, and your credit score is. Because that's how banks um, identify um, you know, whether they're going to give you a loan. Some banks' credit score... Others don't. So they might have, some banks might have in their algorithm that if your credit score is below, say, 500, right. if your application goes to them, checks credit score below 500, it's automatically declined. Okay. So one of the good things about going to a broker is brokers will know which banks credit score and which don't. Because mm. if you've got a low credit score, it's not necessarily a bad thing because it's all about why you have a bad credit score. You might have a credit a bad credit score because you've been bankrupt, um, haven't paid bills on time, that sort of thing, and it's your and it's something you've caused. But there's plenty of times when people have a bad credit score from things that either they're unaware of or they were involved in but not really responsible for. So you might have had, you might have been in a relationship, you might have signed a loan agreement with a partner who then skipped off and left you with the debt. Mm. So one of the important things is if you've we say to our clients, before you go anywhere near a credit provider, get a copy of your credit report and a copy of your credit score so we know what we're dealing with. Um, with these amendments, um, the credit report will include basically all your credit history. So every credit, credit inquiry, whether you went ahead with it or not, um, your repayment history. So there's different codes on the credit report which tell a bank and tell a broker, um, have you paid your bills on time? So we, we had a client recently, an A-grade client, uh, owns a property, owns an investment property, um, had um, $2 um, that they hadn't paid on a credit card and did it three months in a row and the bank questioned it. So you've got someone with real estate assets of a million dollars and loans of probably... 300,000, so very low loan value ratio, strong client, yeah. great income, didn't pay, a t- you know, the $2 became 240 became 280 because of interest, and the bank asked the question. $2.80. $2.80, not 280 grand, not 
$208.80. So that's the sort of level of detail banks are going to. Yeah, okay. It's probably, it was probably worse during the pandemic because yeah. banks rightly thought, okay, if people are not paying their, you know, the bank's going to ask the question, if you can't pay $2.80, how are you going to pay 400 grand? Mm. Now, this was explainable and we explained it and it was fine. But you need to be aware of, you know, the old days of, oh, we're not going to tell the bank that. They're gone. Yeah. The, um, with comprehensive credit reporting, um, the bank has full visibility of um, your credit history. So um, if there's issues, get them sorted first. Mm. There's some good firms who have helped a lot of our clients um, who've had credit issues. Some of them had sexually transmitted debt where their old partners ran off and left them with a debt. Because if you sign, if you are a co-borrower on a car, personal loan or home loan with someone else and they don't, and they run off um, and not going to pay their bill or go bankrupt, um, you're liable. Yeah, so, okay. so yeah, just just make sure that the key thing there, and as um, the you know, head of the um, ABA, Anna Bly, said in the, in the info, if you've got issues, um, talk to your bank or yeah, talk okay. to your broker. You know, get in front of them, um, get them fixed, get them sorted. And, you know, people that take... I've had a couple of clients who've been left with debt. They've taken responsibility and paid the debt out. Um, the bank was more than happy um, to take them on because they could see the character of the person. Well, they've shown that they've been able to, like, address the debt issues and things like that. Yeah, and they took responsibility for it. It's, yeah. You know, that's, that's the thing. So um, if you're looking, don't, don't... You know, a lot of people will go, um, they might walk down the main street of um, wherever they live and there's four or five banks. And I think, oh, we're going to go visit all the banks, see what they can do for us. By the time you've gone to the fifth bank, they know that you've been to four other banks because as soon as you go in there and give them your ID, they do a credit check. So once you go to the fifth bank, they go, oh, you've been to four other banks. Did you get knocked back? Go, oh, no, I just made an inquiry. Oh, how'd it go? And then you've got to explain yourself. You're better off coming to a broker um, we can help you because uh, we have access to all the banks yeah. and we can say, you know, for your circumstance, this lender will probably be more interested in helping you just because of our understanding right. of their policy. Yeah, okay. So And lending you money and things like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is sort of harping on with something that we talked about a lot even last year. I think a, di- a few different property people, maybe Simon Presley talked about this too, but... Sydney's dwelling market is sort of going in two directions. So, um, according to Core Logic, the dwelling values in Sydney rose by 0.4 percent in January, according to some data. Um, the rents in Sydney went up by 2.1 percent for housing, but declined 5.6 percent for units. So, a bit of a not contradiction, but like I guess polar opposites where the demand for housing has gone up a lot because people are sort of looking for a different lifestyle choice and the units are going down and the demand for units is going down again. Yeah. So Yeah, a couple of things happening there. Um, there's been talk of an oversupply of units. Because, mm. um, you know, if you if you buy a block of land, say in, I don't know, Strathfield in Sydney or Richmond in, in Melbourne or, you know, one of the bigger cities... If you buy an old house, you can either put, you know, three duplexes on it, or if you get approval, you might put a ten-story apartment tower. Mm. Now you put a ten-story apartment tower. There's more 
profit, you know, for the developer because there's more dwellings. But so that's what a lot of people do, and there's a lot of there's been talk of oversupply of units in Brisbane, Melbourne around Docklands and those sorts of areas in inner city Sydney. Um, so that's one of the reasons why prices don't go up as much because there's as we talked about in units there's more chips than there are seagulls. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when it comes to so with the pandemic and what it's doing is more people are thinking, okay, do we want to live in an apartment where we might we might wake up one morning and we're on the eighth floor and um, someone from the second floor has tested positive for COVID and we're locked down for a fortnight or yeah. five days or, or whatever or longer. So there's a lot of, you know, we're reading some of the auction results and in areas like Ride and that around Sydney, there's a lot of people selling units but buying houses in the suburb. So they love living in the suburb, but they would rather be in a bigger place with their own yard. Yeah. You know, if you're locked down, at least you can sit in the backyard and have a barbecue and a beer. Whereas if you're locked down in an apartment, you can't really do too much. So some of it's driven by supply and demand, mm. like the supply. But yeah, so I suppose there's the supply side. There's more supply of units, mm. and on the demand side, there's less demand. So yeah. when you get when you get those two things working together, um, but I suppose there's the opportunity then for first home buyers who may be priced out of the market when it comes to housing to get into the market in an apartment because they might be able to get a good deal and also benefit from the um, um, all the incentives around first home loan deposit scheme if they can get a spot. Um, stamp duty exemption, um, first home owner grant, and all those sorts of things. So mm. there's always, I always say to people, you've got to play the cards you're dealt, and there's opportunity everywhere if you look for it, yeah, and you okay. know who to ask. Yeah. Um, one of the, the third thing we we're going to cover was about the RBA meeting with the House of Representatives, and this one, I'm going to read a few quotes, and then I've got a question or two to sort of ex- get you to explain to me. So. The, the Reserve Bank of Australia Governor, Philip Lowe, um, spoke at the House of Representatives Committee, speaking on economics February 5th, reiterating the central bank wouldn't focus on housing prices. So he said, as we have previously discussed at these hearings, the RBA does not target housing prices. Our focus is on lending that is used to purchase housing. We want to see lending standards remain strong. He flagged that if there was a deterioration in lending standards, the RBA and other regulators would respond. Um, some of the data that he used as well was that the ABS show housing approvals for detached housing reached new highs in December 2020, rising 15.8% in December, the largest number of approvals since 1983 for detached housing. Um, when he speaks about the RBA doesn't target housing prices, if there was a deterioration in lending standards, the RBA and other regulators would respond. Is this, is he sort of referring to if they find that the housing prices go up so high that standards need to be in place, does he mean like getting banks to restrict the amount of loans they give people with certain criteria yeah, involved? Yeah, yeah. So what he's saying there is that the central bank's job is to manage inflation and um, yeah, m- make sure that there's enough credit um to stimulate the economy and those sorts of things through housing, business investment, all that sort of stuff. So he's saying, look, we're not specifically targeting house prices. 
Because the thing is, at the moment, you know, the government has given the banks a lot of cheap money, which they want to lend out so that people invest, buy things. Um, yeah, I saw something on the other night about Home Builder, about the Home Builder program has been, I think they were expecting 25,000 people access it, and it's up to 75,000, mm. which, you know, explains the reason why a lot of the banks are behind in their processing, because there's so many people doing things. Um but the issue, the issue is, um, yeah, they don't target house prices. They just look at the, the how credit's distributed and, and that sort of thing. And the, the thing with house prices becomes more of a thing for the government because um, a lot of it's supply and demand um, and also the, the regulator, APRA. Um, people might remember from, I think it was 2015 or 2016, there was a big spike in investment, interest-only loans, mm. So APRA uh, put in a regulation to the banks that um, I'm pretty sure it was around a maximum of 30% of their loan book or new loans could be to interest, interest only to investors. Right. Um, we even met clients when we first started who were given interest only loans on places they were living in, which is great from, it's great from a um, wealth creation perspective if you can get it, but it is a bit risky and it's one of the things I think where there's a lot more people targeting it now that there could be issues coming forward this year 2021 because there are there does house prices are going up everywhere um, there's really really strong auction results really short days on market people paying well above the asking price yeah. for places now whether that's because the agent is the, the, uh, yeah. the, the guide's not realistic, who knows? Mm. But there's a lot of people, especially a lot of first-home buyers, um, and I just think we'll, we could look back, we, we might look back, say, if we're in August, we might look back to now, February, and go, and that there's a lot of people in strife. Yeah, okay. Because the, the, econo- the economic stimulus for the economy is coming to an end, and there's... Um, a lot of cheap money, and you know, I just, I just wonder whether a lot of people are paying too much at the moment. Yeah, for okay. Property. So, okay. But yeah, basically, Philip Lowe's saying that it's not the RBA's job to um, be too concerned with house prices. They're not. Um, they're not like making it. The they're not lowering the cash rate to make house prices go up. They're no. lowering it so it's easier to borrow money. Easier to borrow money to try and, and stimulate yeah, the economy yeah, and the a little bit. To, the banks have to stick to their standards and all yeah. that sort of stuff. You know, which. Which you know, generally, generally they do. Um, that if um, you know, you've got to have you know banks like so you've got a five percent deposit, um, you've got a savings record. That if you're living at home and you're rent vesting, that you're actually you've got some money left over. You're not just squandering it and that sort of stuff. They look at all the different credit facilities you've got. Um, they look at your car. Um, that's one of the first things we look at. What sort of car do people drive? Because if you're um, you know, flogging around in a in a sixty thousand um, dollar SUV, um, it says a lot about your um, your attitude to wealth creation, in my view. If you've got a um, you know Robert Kiyosaki who wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad, um, his advice: um, drive the best car your ego can afford, mm. and that's just great advice. So I think at the moment lending standards are still pretty strong. Um, I just think at the moment people are paying too much for property it's a bit of a there's real fear of missing out at the moment 
and I think some people, um, in, you know, including some of our clients who we've recommended this to, probably think they should just wait a couple of months and just see what happens. Because yeah. the number of listings is down still, but um, there is uh, Kate Bacos, one of uh, our mates who you've done a podcast with, um, in one of her things last Monday, I think it was, talked about the number of CMA reports that real estate agents are generating now, and that's increasing, and that traditionally is an indicator of future listings. The more the more people that go to a real estate agent and get a CMA report done on their property, you that's that's trending up. Mm. Usually means there's more listings on the way. Because people are approaching real estate agents to see what their property could be valued for. Yeah. Because they're probably considering selling. Considering selling. Yeah. So you know, and the agents would be showing them at the moment. Like we had, a, there was an auction here yesterday in Newcastle. The place, the original guide went from eight fifty to nine fifty. Mm. This in a suburb, uh, New Lambton, and it went to auction and went for one point six million dollars, which is madness, absolute madness. So um. Anyway, I just think at the moment, yeah, as, as Philip Lowe said, it's not the RBA's job to be too concerned. They might have an opinion, um, but interest rates are across the, the board for you know equipment, finance, commercial loans, business loans, credit cards, house finance, that sort of stuff. Um, if it was me and I was in the RBA, I'd be putting more pressure on the banks around their credit card interest rates um, because even though the... the um, home loan rates have dropped substantially. Credit card rates haven't really dropped much at all. Yeah, okay. Um, another piece of news we're going to break down. So some of the core logic data for January showed an increase in home values in every capital city and major regional area, as well as fresh record highs for the national median price. So I guess this is just more affirmation of the fact that the property market's going pretty strong. Yeah. Um, it also spoke that the bank of mum and dad has continued to play a key role in helping young people into the market. It's the nation's fifth biggest home lender, according to Mozo Research, lending an average of $73,000 to help their kids get into the market. Um, I wondered if you could sort of break down what the bank of mum and dad is. So that's like the parental guarantee sort yeah, of model. Yeah, and also you know, parental gifts. Yep. Yeah. So um, a lot of you know, people 50, 60 odd have done pretty well. A um, couple of reasons they've done well. One is uh, they don't spend a lot of money and they've paid their house off. Um, so they have quite a bit of equity. They might have a bit of savings. Uh, they might have money in super. Um, and, you know, when when um, when the kids want to buy a house, they'll either let that house be used as um, equity to cover 20% plus costs so there's no mortgage insurance, or they might just give a cash contribution or both so um, yeah the fifth biggest lender I did read that a couple of years ago um, yeah and that, those stats from core logic you know there's a lot of people upgrading because you know they've spent a lot of time at home they might be able to work from home you know, some of our friends who are in the public sector are going to be allowed to work from home two to three days a week for the foreseeable future a lot of businesses doing that um, Propertyology, one of the companies um, we we recommend to our clients and who you did a podcast with, you know, when the pandemic hit um, and they had to work from home, they realised that they didn't actually, didn't actually need an office. Yeah, Simon so, spoke about that. They've yeah. got they don't have an office they at don't all have an anymore. Office anymore. Mm. So, and I think a lot of businesses like we don't have an office. 
oh, you know, we've got our um, cafe offices at you know forty seven thousand locations around Australia, <laughs> all, all conveniently located near you. Um, but there'll be, I think, a lot of businesses once we come off JobKeeper and the stimulus ends and we're back into the new normal, um, who'll be thinking, well, you know, a lot of them are tied into leases, but when leases come up, they might be saying to the landlord, well, you need to drop the rent by a fair whack, or we're we're gone, we're gone, or we're going to go to another place, or we're just going to say to people, look, work from home, we'll have a Zoom call every morning at ten o'clock, mm. make sure everyone's checking in, make sure everyone's okay. Um, and if we need to, we'll meet at a cafe once a week to yeah. catch up. There were some there were some stats from Victoria that I was reading into this week, and um, the government in Victoria are trying to push for the new normal being that the CBD is at seventy percent capacity at all times, so that businesses encourage a mix of working from home and working at the office. Because we've talked about this in the past, like. I've got some friends that run cafes in Melbourne whose only business really is people working in the city. And there's restaurants in the city that are the same model. So I think they probably see the writing on the wall and understand that a lot of businesses will, a lot of businesses, a lot of like people delivering food and goods into the city for those cafes. Like there's a whole line of jobs. There's a whole, yeah, supply chain that will be affected negatively if they. Just say, yeah, don't worry about coming back to the city. It's all good. Just stay at home. Yeah. So, I mean, one of, but I suppose one of the things that the Victorian government needs to do is, when there is an outbreak, they've got to stop shutting the state at the drop of a hat. Like we had an outbreak on the northern beaches in Sydney, and that area was blocked off. So that was, and then it sort of went to a couple of other suburbs. Those council areas were locked down. Um, you didn't lock down Wodonga or Mildura or Lakes Entrance in Victoria, um, yeah, you're, sorry, you're locking down those areas because there's an outbreak of a holiday in at the airport. Um, is that the right thing to do? I just think the states that just lock down at the drop of a hat are causing more damage than the risk right. that is there. And I think we've got to get... You know, I know the PM said it, we've got to get better at having a national sort of standard. But, you know, we, we live in Adamstown. If there was an outbreak in Singleton, which is 100 k's away, why would you lock us down? Now, if people were contact traced to being here, well, you probably would. Yeah. Um, but if they're not, um, I, mean, I, just, I just think this state lockdowns at the drop of a hat, um, you know, it's going to take longer for things to get up and running. But yeah, it could do just, worse for the economy. Per, that's just a personal opinion. Yeah, that's fair. Um, next thing we're going to talk about, uh, one of the AMP capital economists, capital chief economists, um, believe a tightening in lending standards uh, is imminent if housing credit growth continues to accelerate. So he's sort of believing, sort of circling back to what we talked about with the RBA governor speaking about if housing gets quite crazy with prices, he will not be surprised if they start speaking to banks about putting some standards in place. Shane Oliver believes a tightening is sort of imminent because housing prices are just going up so much. Um, Some of the stats, um, the RBA credit data for housing debt has shown a rise of 0.4% in December and a 3.5% year on year. Existing borrowers are focused on paying down debt uh, quickly. The housing finance commitment data leads the flow of credit with a bit of a lag. He just warns that there's probably going to be some 
standards introduced down the line, probably in this year. I just wanted to know what you, maybe you have yeah, any well, thoughts I think, on. I think he's on the money. I think um, at the moment um, there's too much free stuff. Yeah. You know, there's there's free money if you're on if you're unemployed. Um, there's free money if you're out of work. And you know, we're coming up to a thing. You know, next month it'll be a year since the pandemic really hit. Um, if you're on JobKeeper still a year down the track. You know, you've got to wonder whether that business is going to survive. Like, there was an article in the local paper here yesterday about the franchise Yogurt Land. Uh, I think they've got about eight stores uh, around Central Cage, Newcastle, one or two in Sydney. They're basically said as soon as JobKeeper finishes, they're closing all the stores. Um, and I think there's going to be, um, I think there's going to be quite a few um, people in that position. Um, yeah. So his thing about the housing stimulus to be wound back, well. It sort of is. You've got till the end of March to get in for your home builder. Um, the stamp duty changes, um, like the increases in prices to get stamp duty exemption from first home buyers. That was, um, um, I'm not sure if that has a sunset date on it, but um, yeah, at the moment, um, there's a lot of there's a there's a bit of a herd mentality. It's a bit like a run on the share market, um, but eventually, as we know, with the share market and from previous price um, growth activity in housing markets uh, what goes up must come down mm, and okay. eventually there's no one left to keep fueling it but you know if you're if you own a house and you were thinking of downsizing um, so if you've got parents out there who are thinking of downsizing now is the best time I think because people are getting monster um, monster prices for their houses there's strong demand for houses. Um, but yeah, how long it's going to continue, I think it's going to be, you know, the next couple of months will tell us a lot. Yeah, okay. Um, this is just the last thing we'll cover from me, and then you've got a few things you wanted to talk about. Canstar Money Editor Effie Zahos has um, sort of broke a bit of the news coming out from the Greater Bank, offering it's now the market leading low interest rate for a one year fixed rate owner occupied loan. Is one point six nine percent. Have you ever seen like a, an interest rate like that? No, no. Um, look, it's one. Of, it's one of those ones. It's a. It's a honeymoon rate. You know, yeah. It's sort of at the moment. It's. It's almost not a race to the bottom, but you know, there's a lot of banks who just want to sort of get you in. Yeah, get you in, get the attention. I think the thing you've always got to look at with these rates is what's the rate after the first yeah. year fixed, because the thing is you. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not aware of these this bank's policies because they're not on our lending panel. Um, but if you're lend, if you're borrowing quite a high loan value ratio, you might get in for that one year fixed rate, and then they revert you to um, a higher rate once you come come off it. That you don't really have any option but to take. So it's all about the long term cost. Mm. Um, we always say to people that you, know, you might have one bank offering one point eight nine percent and for two years that reverts to three and a half percent or you might have another bank which is a little bit higher but reverts to a lower rate so the long-term cost of that credit is actually cheaper so like with anything um you've got to look at your long-term plan what you're looking to do and um yeah okay. you know work out what loan's going to take you there yeah okay 
So there are a few things you wanted to cover. If you want, do you want to take away with those ones? Yeah, cool. Um, well, just some things that I, I've sort of been picking up as we talked about. You know, listings are down at the moment, but um, there are more people getting CMA comparative market analysis reports. So we're sort of expecting that the number of listings will increase. Also, there's there has been a lot of people buying. When everyone, when someone buys, that's one. You know, unless they're replaced by another buyer coming in. That's less buyers, so we're probably going to see less buyers coming through. So you know, prices hopefully will um, level out a little bit. Um, but at the moment, like auction clearance rates are, are pretty high; they're over eighty percent in most places, which is, you know, that's a very very strong market. Yeah. I think a year ago it was in the sixties. Um, the a couple of banks. Well, we've, we've noticed banks are sort of getting back to what they were pre-COVID with a lot of their policies now. Um, you know, when, when COVID hit, you know, they wanted all this extra detail. If you're self-employed, they wanted basically your latest bank statement, your latest BAS statement. Um, if you were employed, they wanted, you know, most banks would look at a pay slip that was, you know, one to two months old, and they are happy with that. Um, some banks were ringing up before they would settle a loan to make sure you were still employed. So we're just noting that um, there's quite a lot of, um, yeah, the bank's coming back to their pre-pandemic policies. So, um, yeah, if you missed out on a loan during COVID, your chances of getting one um, are probably probably pretty good now. So, um, um, yeah, they were the sorts of things that I was looking at. Now there's banks still reducing their variable rates and fixed rates. Um, some banks are reducing them if you borrow less than sixty percent, because you know you're a, you're a stronger um, stronger client. So um, okay. that's sort of where we're at to at the moment. But um, yeah, as we've sort of said before, um, do your due diligence. Um, you know, uh, there was a story in one of the papers during the week about you know people turning up to open homes. There was like hundred people there. Um, yeah, if they if out of that hundred, thirty percent are keen on the house, so you're bidding against thirty other people, um, are you better off just keeping your powder dry for a couple of months, unless you really really like the place, um, or you know do you potentially pay too much for it because there's such demand for property? So at the moment, if it was me looking to buy and um, your rent your rental secure, um, you might just want to wait okay easy uh, before we get out of here so um episode three of we we started doing this series called the advice i'd give my 24 year old self the the third episode of that is with as you mentioned earlier kate bakos she's um in lockdown at the moment which sucks but she's from uh, melbourne she's a property buyer's agent over there so we did an episode with her uh that comes out uh actually it would have come out by the time this one airs so check that one out if you'd like we've done another with john linderman simon presley they're both pretty big property people in the industry that we sat down with and talked to so if you want to check those out feel free um and if they want to get in contact with you dave what what oh, do they yeah, want to do save home loans on facebook yep. um or uh the website um yeah, happy to help um give people advice on what their options are now or in the future um and if they're looking to buy investment property, we can put them in touch with, you know, some people who might be worth talking to, um, just so they can get some good, good intel 
uh, good intel to make a good decision. Easy. All right.